Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello, this is episode 37 of the Traveling Image Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Ugo Chai. It's not a secret that I believe writing is an essential skill for travel photographers. I discussed this very topic in episode 21 with Jens Lennonson, especially with respect to how travel writing can help photographers make a profit and sell their work to magazines and websites more effectively. So when I learned about Great Escape Publishing and their programs for aspiring travel writers, I contacted their director, Laurie Allen, and asked her to come on the show and talk to us about it. Great Escape publishes books, reports, online programs and guides on getting paid to travel. They also host live events around the world where you can try each of their ideas firsthand. If you ever thought of getting into travel writing and using it to make your photography more saleable, but you don't think you have the necessary skills, I encourage you to listen to my interview with Laurie and have a look at Great Escape Publishing. You can find all the links about the topics we talked today on uh, our website at ttim.photo37. So I would be very grateful if you decided to leave us a review on iTunes. You can find a link to that on the website too. And now let's listen to my interview with Laurie Allen. Enjoy. So welcome to the show, Laurie Allen. And, uh, it's a great pleasure and a great honor to have you here. How are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I was uh, We were discussing this earlier. I came to know about you and about your business uh, listening to Tara Gentili's podcast, uh, Power Profit Pursuit. I think I said the word in, in the right mm-hmm. order, which is a great resource for everybody who uh, wants to, to know more about uh, profiting and uh, from uh, online activities and pursuing their their goals and making um, getting more power in that, and uh, I think you you felt right into that that kind of uh, uh, topic. I mean, uh, you have a great uh, story to share. I think it's very interesting and it relates a lot to the topic of this podcast, which is travel photography. So I would like first of all you for you to introduce yourself. Who is Laurie Allen? And what is Great Escape Publishing? Okay. Well, I think, yes, I definitely do fit right into um, travel photography and everything that your podcast is about. Um, You know, Lori Allen wears a lot of hats. Mm. (laughs) You know, I think on the surface, people see photos of me riding elephants and taking pictures in red sand deserts and... Um, being in Thailand lantern festivals. Um, but that's just a very small part of my job. And I think you as a photographer and all photographers know that um, you can actually be very good at your craft and not make any money. Um, and you can also be very bad at your craft and make a lot of money. Um, this is true for pretty much all artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, one ha- on one hat, I love photography. I love travel writing. Um, I spend the vast majority of my day writing. I am 
Great Escape has, we have a newsletter that goes out to about 90,000 readers, and we have a podcast as well. Um, and the podcast is new. So, you know, we only have about 300, um, 200 to 300 people uh, listening right now. I, I don't know what episode we're on. We're on like episode 10 or something. Um, and we have the newsletter goes out ev- pretty much every day. Occasionally, I skip a day. Um, so I spend a lot of my time writing. And I spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time marketing. And so Great Escape as a company has kind of, um, so let me back up and tell you what we are. Yeah, first Um, of all. So just just let me tell you, yeah, what you said about uh, photographers not making much money. I think I definitely fall into the bucket of uh, photographers who can do uh, maybe a decent job, but not make a lot of money doing it. So definitely interested in uh, Yeah, well, it's two different skills. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. There's the skill of of taking the photograph. And then there's the skill of marketing Mm -hmm. the photograph. Um, And it is very, very possible. And in fact, the most common to have one skill, but not the other. Um, So some people can be very good at marketing themselves, but actually not take very good photographs. Um, and others can be very good at taking photographs or creating amazing images, um, but not be very good at marketing them. So um, I think it's important to realize that it is two different skills and to approach it that way. Um, on the surface, Great Escape Publishing has courses that help people make money with their photos. They help people sell travel articles. They, you know, we have everything. Our, our umbrella used to be, when we first started, it used to be, everything that you could do to get paid to travel. So that could be import export, that could be creating your own tours, it could certainly be travel writing, it could definitely be photography. Um, But it could be a host of other things, too. And so we started publishing home courses, home study courses about how to do that, how, um, how you go about getting into an editor's inbox, how you go about getting invitations for free travel, how you go about um, taking better pictures and then selling them, um, just the specifics of how to do all of that. And the way that we do that is we find people who are doing it in the real world and, um, and we create courses around what's working for them and others in their industry. And just like I said about photography, You know, what we find in in that is that just because they're good at import-export or, um, you know, travel writing or photography doesn't mean they're good at creating home Mm -hmm. study courses, right? So, and they may not be good at teaching others how to do what they do. They may not even know why they're good at what they do. Um, So that's a skill. That's another hat that I wear is getting the right information to the right people um, in the right way. You know, I do a lot of research on how people learn. I do a lot of, um, and, and I've been doing this for Grayscape Publishing is now about 13 years old. Um, you know, I started 16 years ago in the publishing industry, uh, working for a company that wrote, um, a lot of marketing copy. Um, they have a course on copywriting and how to write sales copy. 
which of course is sold by more sales copy. Um, so it's kind of an interesting thing. And so I, I, I had the luck in the beginning of working a lot with marketing copy and what it takes um, to get people to understand who you are as a company and uh, get on board with your vision and then ultimately buy your product. So on the surface, this is what Great Escape is, right? We have we have courses that teach people how to get paid to travel. But under the surface, over the years, um, because I've been doing this for so long, we've gained a lot of perspective. There's a lot of crossover between travel writing and photography, right? Like, mm-hmm. I know one of the questions that you're going to ask me is about photographers writing articles to go to sell their their photographs and and vice versa travel writers often ask me how to take better pictures so they can sell pictures with their stories so there's a lot of crossover and and um and in the beginning 13 years ago our writers were not photographers and our photographers were not writers um it's hard to remember a time when that existed but but it was you know back then and, edit, and magazine editors did not buy photos from writers. They either sent a staff photographer or they, they wanted the, the writer to travel with a photographer. It never occurred to them that it would be the same person. Yeah. It just wasn't back then. Uh, but it is now. And so what has happened is that that has blended together and this whole world of getting paid to travel has blended together. Very few people are actually doing any one thing um, by itself. Everybody has their hands in a whole bunch of things and you know they're creating tours, they're import-export, they're travel writing, they're photography, they're doing all of these different things. Um, and, and also what comes with that and the reason that they're doing it is a totally different reason. You know, in the beginning, people bought our courses because they wanted to make money. Um, But today, that's not why they buy them. Today, they buy them for power and prestige and fun and adventure. You know, today, it's okay to quit your job and say, I cannot work in that kind of environment anymore. I'm a creative type. I have dreams and goals, and I need to see more of the world. And I want to enjoy what I do when I wake up in the morning. And I can't live with all this stress. And, you know, I just want to do something that makes me happy and makes the world a better place. And, you know, that's okay today, you know, 16, 13 years ago, that wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. And so the so Great Escape has kind of morphed into this you know, we're about travel writing, we're about photography, we're about making money, but we're about so much more than that. Um, We're about all those feelings that come with everything that travel writing and photography and all those things represent. And we're about happiness and finding your passion, which I actually hate that phrase, but you know, finding what you that that feeling that you love waking up every day. Um, yeah, self-fulfillment, if you like. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's, so, uh, that's an interesting angle. I mean, I didn't think of that, but it's, uh, it's a very interesting uh, angle. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Go ahead, please. So the way, that we, the way that we do that, you know, we have home study courses. We still do that today. Um, those courses have morphed over the years. You know, in the beginning, they used to come in printed books and binders and cassette tapes. 
And today everything is online. Um, so you, most of our programs have both written elements that people can print or read online, or they, um, most of them have video where you can watch how someone does something like, especially in the photography programs, we have very robust systems for editing photos. Um, because the way that you edit a photo that you would sell to a magazine is very different than the way that you would edit a photo that you're going to sell to a stock agency. And all that is very different than you can edit a photo to sell as fine art. So, you know, our people have to be very specific. Um, in an, and then we, the only way to do that is with video. Mm-hmm. And we show them, you know, like, this is very important in stock. You cannot use this slider. You cannot increase, you know, this color in stock because it always adds a technical issue. Like, you know, and those are things that you just don't know mm-hmm. unless you're doing it every day. And so we get the experts to teach us those things. Um, and that's all in the program. Some people buy our programs just for the editing videos because you just can't find that stuff anywhere else. Um, awesome. So... Yeah, we, you know, the, the videos alone, I, mean, I think if you were to take um, Lightroom courses or something like that at a local shop or community college or just online through a vendor will cost you way more than even than the photo, you know, than getting our entire program, which includes all of that stuff. Yeah, I think um, what you said is very important and not many people realize that, that different... Uh, Uses of photos have yeah. different requirements. Totally. Um, you can find tons of uh, resources about how to shoot photos, about how to edit them, get the right light, the right processing. But it's one thing to produce them for a magazine. Exactly. Another thing for, for the web, for a stock agency that uses that on the web. Another thing for fine art, it's, it's completely different. So that, that's something that is very much overlooked nowadays in, uh, in most of the training resources you can find online. I think it's very Oh popular. yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, for fine art, you can you can be in a travel destination and none of the street lamps are lit up. And you can go online and and Google a Lightroom video, a Lightroom tutorial that'll show you how in Lightroom to add to make those lights turn on mm-hmm. in your photo. And it'll look great and it'll look just like they were lit if you were standing there, um, but you can't sell that as editorial, no. you know, that is not real. Um, so, you know, there's just different, different things like that, um, that are inside our programs. And so, so we have the home study programs that are, um, video and print and, um, you know, they're, they're things that you work at your own pace. You can refer back to them. They're also what we call living programs, um, which means as we update them, your, your program updates as well. Um, so we don't charge, we don't have like, you know, version Mm 2.0 and then you have to buy it again. No, you get version 2.0 automatically. Mm -hmm. Um, so you get every update that we make to the programs. So we have those home study things. And then we also do live workshops, uh, where we bring, you know, maybe we'll host them in the United States where we bring either a small number, maybe nine people, or maybe a very large number, like this travel writing workshop that we have coming up in New Orleans, um, just sold out, and we have 150 people coming there. So, um, you know, 
And then we have these overseas expeditions where we go to Africa, we go to Thailand, we go to Peru, and you know, you walk with a professional photographer. Now, and I know that those kinds of things exist in other companies as well. But again, our beat, like what we're about is about saleable images and what it takes to create a good photograph and what it takes to create a saleable photograph are two totally different things. So that means our schedules are different than what you might find at a regular photo safari. Our instructors are different because the the instructors that we use are not instructors who are making money by selling photo tours. Our people are making money by other ways, like selling them to magazines, selling them as fine art, selling them as stock. You know, they're doing all these other things. So they, they also, we spend quite a bit of time in the classroom learning how they sell and learning what the difference is between a saleable photograph and a good photograph, learning what's specific about our destination and what would be the most saleable parts of that destination. Um, we also we also spend a lot more time in the classroom, um, which means that in comparison to some of the other photo tours, maybe they get to go to more places. And Africa is a really good example of this because if you look up like Namibia photo tours, um, for, for example, they may have you moving every night to a different lodge every night to a different location. And while that's, that looks great on your computer, when you're buying a photo tour, mm -hmm. it's actually, you spend more time traveling than you do actually yeah. photographing what you're there to photograph. Um, you also don't have a lot of, in fact, no real downtime to look through your images fix mistakes, um, go back and reshoot if you didn't get what you want. You know, if it rains that day, well, you're out the next day. You know, you just miss that location altogether. So, you know, a lot of photo tours just want thereafter the, the internet shopper who wants to see, because, see as much as they can in as small amount of time as possible. Um, and I like to encourage our members not to travel that way. Mm -hmm. That's not how I like to travel. Ultimately, I believe it's not really how they like to travel either. You know, they come home and they're disappointed that they missed certain things. They just don't know it up front. You know, mm -hmm. they, they, they see it and then they buy quickly or they just don't imagine how hard that would be to move from all these different locations all at the same time. We take a lot, you know, well, and, I, and, and trust me, it's a hard thing on my end, too. Like, I also want to show people, especially when I love a destination like Namibia or I love a destination like Tanzania or Thailand, I, too, want to take you to all my favorite places. And it's hard to get all of it in and then also have class time. Um, but I think we do a good job. We try to find a nice balance um, in those overseas places. And we really focus on getting better pictures, working your camera, and, um, you know, having the pros review your photos for saleability. We right. also market to beginners. Um, okay, let, let me know. let me interrupt you for a second here. Sure. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's great to have a guest like you, because I just gave you a little nugget of, uh, of a question. And then I go on and, and you on. Started, yeah. <laughs> And it's it's just great. I mean, uh, awesome. It's uh, you. Uh, if every guest was like that, I would have to do much less work. <laughs> so thank you. Um, just trying to 
uh, go through a bit of uh, the, the topics I had marked here to, sure. to discuss about and uh, um, just to, to backtrack a bit. And I would like to expand you to expand a bit on the relationship and the synergy between photography and writing and how can photographers benefit in practice from uh, getting good skills at writing and vice versa, if you'd like. Well, a lot of our editors, and I don't mean editors that I've, that I hire, I'm talking about editors that who either contribute to our programs or speak at our live workshops or that I've just met over the years. Um, most of them today will say that they would rather edit or completely rewrite an article if the person has good photos mm -hmm. than they would run bad photos because they got a good article. So, you know, I think it's super important for photographers to offer their writing. And I don't think that it has to be top-notch quality. I think if you have good photos, the editor will is most more likely to edit the writing um, and make it up to their standard than they would be um, to not run the photos and mm -hmm. then, and, and you know, sure, the sure. I mean, if you have good photos and your writing is, as you said, good Mediocre. Enough, Yep. Well, even good enough. I mean, they, they can fix the writing easily. They can fix right? that they easier. You can't fix the photo. You cannot fix the photo. You cannot go back to Tanzania to exactly. reshoot that leopard on a tree. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's important. It's important that your photos are in focus. It's important that they're beautiful and eye catching um, and that they're real. You know, they, they weren't edited. You know, you that you, you managed to get the telephone wires out mm -hmm. of your photo by another means, either framing or um, just changing positions instead of removing them with Photoshop. Um, so, you know, those things are important. But outside of that, you know, just simply getting some words on paper and getting a story there um, is important. Mm -hmm. But, you know, good is good enough. Do you have any suggestions for aspiring travel writers? Like what they should write about, what topics or subjects uh, tend to be best sellers or more uh, sure. sought after by editors? Unique is the key. You know, mm -hmm. these days, everybody is looking online for everything. Um, you can find the best place to get a hot chocolate in Paris. You can find, um, you know, the best spas in Bali. Um, you can, you know, you, that, all that stuff is just a Google search away. Uh, nobody wants that anymore. Mm -hmm. What's happening now is unique ways of, you know, always unique ways to see a popular destination are always going to be easy to sell because, you know, no matter how many times a publication has run a story about Paris, it, and if they're going to want more stories about Paris, everybody wants to go there. Um, and in fact, if you look at the shelves, if you look at your bookstore shelves and you see a publication that runs Paris every month, that doesn't mean that they want something different. What it means is they want Paris every month and they have to find a different way of talking about the same destination. So sometimes people look at a publication and then they think that unique means different. They think mm -hmm. that 
you know, because they've never run a story, because Islands Magazine has never run a story about the islands off of the Chesapeake, Maryland, that they want that maybe that would be something that they would be interested in. No, that is not because what Islands Magazine is about blue water, palm tree islands. They say that in their, their thing. And they're always, they always have something on the Caribbean. They always have something, you know, on, uh, uh, like off of Panama or something like that. They always, always, always. And when you see something like that, that's your key. You know, that is what sells is the Caribbean. Find another way to do the Caribbean. Find another way to do Panama. Find another way to do Paris. Um, so you're, you're looking for trends. You know, if, if the magazine always has in the summer, always have, has a cruise, a series of cruise ship articles, then they want more cruise ship articles mm-hmm. every summer. Like there's a reason. Maybe it's because they have advertisers that pay for space in that. You know, and they pay more when there's articles that support their ads. So, you know, it's look for these trends within the magazine. If they always have an article on running, they always have an article on multi-generation trips, like grandparents traveling with their kids and their grandkids. If they always have an article on hiking or eating right or um, something, then those are the perfect stories for you to sell. You just have to find a unique way so beside, to do that. Beside- teaching people writing skills or photography skills? Do you also give this kind of information as part of your oh, yeah. offering? Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's another kind of product that we publish. So we have the home study courses, we have the live workshops, and then we offer recordings of our live workshops back to the people who couldn't make it. And that's a really good place to get started um, because every all the editors, all the people who were on stage to say, You know, the editors get on stage and they're like, this is what I'm looking for right now. This is what I'm having trouble with. You know, back when gas prices were at an all-time high, editors wanted articles within a short drive of where their publication was. And they wanted, you know, maybe even a mention of how much gas Mm. it was to get to those places. So, you know, the, the stage is the perfect place because these editors come up there and they say, you know what I want right now? I want this. You know, um, personal stories are almost always good sellers, and they're definitely good sellers right now. People want to hear about genuine people. So when you go to a place, like maybe you, um, you, you can't pitch the five best spas in Bali because that's overdone and an easy Google search away, but you could interview the shop owner of one of the spas in Bali, find out that this spa has been in her family for 15, 20, 30 years. And um, she actually spent her high school, you know, she went to college, she studied uh, English in the United States, and went to the University of Texas um, to get her diploma. You know, when you find out little things like that, One, people love stories. So you can sell the idea of this shop owner, this personal story about the shop owner and her business and her local Bali thing and how Bali is done and why her spa is different and all that stuff to one magazine. You can go to the University of Texas, look up their alumni magazine and pitch a story just about her and how she got from Texas all the way back, how she took what she learned at the University of Texas and went all the way back, you know, to Bali and has now grown her family business. Like, 
you know, that's a story. There's other Texas publications who will be interested in that because there's a Texas link there. Any airline who is now flying to Bali might be interested in an article about this one particular spa owner, um, you know, for the magazines that sit in their seat back pockets because they're going to be advertising this new route to Bali. Um, you know, so there's like all these different connections that open up when you start talking to people and, and you find, mm. you know, you really are, you're not just there to look at the surface of a destination. You're not there as a tourist to find the best hot chocolate. I, I you're there. It, yeah, I think this information is really worth gold. Yeah, um, you're, you're there to experience it and really find something like ask questions, get to know people, you know, like find something that you just can't find on the internet. You can't Google the shop owner on the internet. Like her story's not there. The fact that she's in, went to the university of Texas, you didn't know that unless you asked like that story doesn't exist. So, you know, it's, it's finding real life people. It's finding real life stories, unique stories, but it's also paying attention to the trends and looking at what magazines are publishing. Um, and that takes what 20 minutes at a bookstore. Mm -hmm. Like you can do that. You can do that in a single day. Just go drop into a bookstore, grab a cup, grab a Starbucks, go into your local bookstore and look at what's on the shelf. Um, it'll be pretty clear what kind of trends you see. Um, yeah, and then um, after that, it's just about knowing the system and how, how to break in. Yeah. As I said, as I said before, it's, uh, this is not something that you find on typical tutorials online and so on. And, right. It's great to, it's very important to provide this information, but it's also very important to know what kind of information, what kind of resources are more looked after by the, uh, looked for by the, the editors, the magazines and, and so on. So it's, uh, I think it's a great, great uh, perspective and providing a great resource for people who want to, to break out a little bit in the, in the world of photography, travel photography, and, and travel writing. So I think it's a very useful uh, service that you are giving. I would like to uh, ask you a, a, about, a bit about events. Uh, I know you have some events, some workshops on your website. Some of them are sold out at this moment, but maybe you can mention some of them for which you have uh, uh, more uh, still spots left, or some of those that are sold out if you're planning to uh, organize them again? What can people uh, expect to find at a typical event? Yeah, so um, events are one of the most fun things that we do at Great Escape Publishing, for sure. Um, they are not the most profitable. Um, we do try to keep the event costs down. If you were to Google some of our events um, and compare them to others, you'll see that um, we are often priced several thousand dollars um, below what we could charge. Um, but I think, um, so what we have coming up, we're, we're definitely going back to Tanzania. That's one of my favorite places to take people. Um, we have really good connections there that are not your typical safari experience. Um, you know, we do go on safari, but um, these are safaris with photography in mind. And we work with local guides. Um, and they take us on a lot of back roads where we don't have to deal with 
a whole bunch of other Jeeps and cars in our photos. Um, and we knew, we know some really special places from, uh, some of the guides have lived and camped out in these areas their entire life. Um, so Tanzania will probably always be on our schedule. We're going back in February, 2017. Um, and you'll probably see it on our, our schedule at least once or twice a year. I think we'll go back again in August as well. Um, but to a different part of Tanzania. Um, coming up in 2017 is also we're going to Botswana and Namibia. Um, Botswana is unique in that we have some animal experiences. We are um, going on horseback through this one part of Botswana because when you're on a horse, the giraffes and the zebras will let you walk. Well, they'll just walk right up to you and they'll let you walk right up to them. Um, so we have a very unique experience there that I think a lot of tourists don't know about. Um, it's not your typical horseback riding safari, which you can find advertised online because that requires some riding experience. And, and those are just tough. They're hard on your body. Um, and it takes a certain type of person who wants to be on a horse all day. Um, this is a little bit different, but uh, we have that. We have a walk with elephants. And of course, Botswana is known for all of its water and its water adapted animals um, where you can actually see cats like leopards and lions in the water, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing for cats, you know, because as you know, cat, most cats don't like water. Um, so th- that has some unique so photo you, opportunities. You have a lot of Africa. in. So we have a lot of Africa. Yeah, Is that because... Uh, Personally, is that one of your favorite destinations? Or I think it's because it's hot right now um, and because it's so different. I think Americans, and this may be different for you, but Americans in general call Africa, Africa. Like we, when we think, oh, we're going on a safari in Africa, that's what we call it. But Tanzania is so different than Botswana. It's so different than Namibia. Like, Namibia is ridiculous. Like it's just sand and landscapes. It's a totally different camera that you need. It's a totally different Jeep that you need. It's a different experience. Like you can go to Namibia and spend 15 days on a photo safari and never see a wild animal. Um, And, you know, so each of those places is different. It's like saying you're coming to the United States and you want to go to New York and the Grand Canyon and Las Vegas. Like they're, they're so different. But for some reason, Americans group them all together. They're like, oh, Africa, you know, go to Africa. But no, these are three completely different countries. It's like saying, you know, the difference between Japan and Thailand and Bali, like two all different countries, but they're about they're separated in space by about as much as Tanzania and Botswana are separated. You know, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but. You get my point. Like, it seems like a lot because we tend to group Africa all as one thing. But those are actually three very unique, very different. uh, Well, Tanzania, for instance, all of our guides are black. And in Botswana, they're all white. Mm -hmm. You know, most people don't know that the south of Africa is all white. And that the, you know, the north, it's the northern countries that are mostly black. Like when I say these countries are so different, I mean, they are so different. They speak different languages. They speak, they, the people are a different color. The traditions are different. You know, they have some similarities, but it's about like saying, you know, here's Las Vegas and here's Texas, you know, like two totally different places. So, um, so that's partly it is just that not. 
it's not that we're in love with Africa. It's that these countries are amazing. Um, and they are different. Yeah, they, they absolutely um, are. Completely yeah. Different. So we also, I love Thailand. Um, mm -hmm. And we will be going back to Thailand in 2017. We didn't go this year because the Lantern Festival, where they release 10,000 or more lanterns into the sky, uh, fell on Thanksgiving week. So mm. we we took that out of our schedule this this year because it's a hard week for a lot of people to travel. And even mm. I don't want to be gone you know, over the Thanksgiving week. So, um, but it will be back, you know, next year. It follows the lunar calendar. So um, you can look online how to calculate when that festival is. Um, and we will probably have Thailand on our calendar for years and years, unless it comes back on a Thanksgiving week, because it is an amazing destination and the Thai people are amazing. And um, I highly recommend that. We will also be going back, um, not in 2017, but in 2018, back to Peru. Um, and, you know, again, Peru was one of those destinations that you can do again and again and again. People love it. Um, and it's still authentic. Um, you know, they, it, is, it does have tourists, of course, but the people haven't changed yet. Um, they are still culturally um the same mm. so that's nice they're not wearing you know um star wars t-shirts just mm. yet <laughs> uh, um and we also next year are looking at we've been looking at cuba for a while i have never wanted to go to cuba um because of the restrictions that are on americans you know i think that anytime our fellow canadians can cross the border and go as they please around Cuba. But because I'm American, because I have a blue passport, um, I am stuck. It's more difficult, yeah. Yeah, I'm stuck to attending. I have to attend these festivals. I have to go to these shows. I have to stay in these hotels. I'm not allowed to have classroom time. You know, it's just been a hard place. But, um, but what's happening is the longer we wait, the worse and more touristy Cuba is yeah. getting. I was discussing that with Doug Kay in a previous episode. Yeah. Said, well, you, as an American, you can reasonably go to Cuba, uh, but uh, the, the problem right now is that uh, it's opening up and it's opening up a lot to Europeans yeah. and so on. So it's difficult to find if you are sending a big group there or even a mm -hmm. medium-sized group. It's very hard to find hotels and the infrastructure is not up to to what you would expect so yeah it's, uh, and it's not authentic you know a lot of what you're getting is the tourist treatment yeah. um so you know we we will pr we're looking at uh january for that um but again we may end up scrapping it again uh, we've been doing that for the last five years uh oaxaca we're going to oaxaca in november um of this year for the day of the dead uh, we haven't announced that workshop yet but we're just about to um, and that's a unique experience. So Oaxaca is great anyway, like even without the Day of the Dead festivals. Um, so you have some, some great destinations I see and uh, yeah. even more than I could find on the website. For, for people who want to know more about those, where, where should they go to? Um, they can go to greatescapepublishing.com. I, I think, again, I would like to reiterate how your, your different approach. I really like the, from the typical workshop where... As you said, people are 
brought to places, I mean, great places at the best time of the day to take great photos and so on, but great photos alone, unless you are just after the experience, or they, they will not sell. So if you're right. after um, making some money, making some income from your photography, you should definitely look into what the market is wanting, which exactly. is, might not be what you are wanting as a tourist. Maybe, but yeah. I think that you can probably find a way yeah. um, to make it work. Yeah. And yeah, getting the, the best of both worlds together. Yeah. Because that's what your your tours are about. Also. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anything else you, you would like to add before we wrap this up, this interesting conversation? I don't think so. Um, you know, I mean, I think with everything else, it's all about action and doing it, you know, coming back to that idea of it's two different skills to be a marketer and to be a photographer. Um, and acknowledging that is the first part, acknowledging that you need to be better at marketing, you need to be better at pricing your work and getting it into the hands of the right people and actually carving out time in your schedule to market yourself. Um, is important. So, you know, I, I think if I could leave people with anything, it would be that, that it's two different skills. And once you acknowledge that you're halfway there. And if I may add something, I don't think there was ever a better time for being uh, a photographer and a travel photographer and a travel writer and to gather all these skills together with marketing, because there is, I mean, people used to complain all the time about the fact that everybody now has a camera and can go to places very easily and the market is flooded, but the, the demand is also very great. It, was never, it, it has never been greater. So if you have the right skills, the right qualities, then you can, you can make it. 100% is yeah. to our benefit that the market is flooded, not to our detriment. We, um, you know, the more people who put bad photos out there, the more of a market there mm -hmm. is for the good ones um, and for something unique. So if you can do that, if you can shoot those things, then um, and also, you know, people don't want to search anymore. Like editors, photo buyers, they don't want to look online because looking online is so tiring and exhausting. You know, if you can get in front of them, um, a lot of people are paying for just what's easy you know, just what's handed to them instead of making them look. So it's been a really stimulating conversation we had today. And I would encourage everyone to check out uh, Great Escape Publishing. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great resource, I think. So highly Thank recommended. You. And uh, what else? What else can I say? It's, uh, it's been a pleasure to, to talk with you today, Laurie, and all the best for your... Uh, enterprise and, uh, and everything you do and your photography and your travels. Thank you so much. You're Have a welcome. good day. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.